AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Final seconds of the half, third and nine. Prescott flushed out of the pocket. Look at the run. Dak Prescott is in. Touchdown. And they can win it with a touchdown. This would be a backbreaker for Buffalo fans, and this would be the pedigree of championship teams. Hurts. Hurts to the end zone. And the Eagles have won it in overtime. Here's Shohei swinging and driving a ball deep out into left center, and that one lands in the second deck. Otani has hit another home run in this series. Another two-run homer. The Angels add on, and the Angels now have a 5-2 lead. Yannick Ngakwe just limped off the field for the Bears. This one is intercepted by Chicago. And Kyler Gordon, Justin Jones, was bobbling it, and Gordon came away with it. First and 15. Throw is intercepted this time, and it's Douglas. Rasul Douglas comes in and makes the interception. That's a game-changing type of play. The situation to score just didn't dictate to make that decision right there by Zach Wilson. Most he's had in any game this season. Zappi, throwing, caught, Henry, touchdown, whoa. So Henry, who scored the prior touchdown, went into the medical tent for just a moment, comes back and scores again. Trubisky under pressure, fires, lovely pass, and that's intercepted inside the 40. Jabril Peppers down the sideline and will set up a first down at about the 11-yard line. The motion man, Purdy, scans. There's Ayuk in the middle to the end zone. Touchdown. And there it is. They go up top. And Brandon Ayuk. Smith fires over the middle. Great grab by Metcalf out in front. And he will go all the way for a touchdown. 73 yards. First and goal. Take the handoff. Pass in the middle. Kelsey's reaching for the goal line, and he shoved across. Oh my gosh! Now they're up with arms. Touchdown, Kansas City. And number 50 between those two. Third and one. And Allen put to the end zone for the touchdown. Stephon Diggs and the Bills stay alive. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Friday, December 8th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. Cowboys Eagles, who wins Sunday in Dallas? Shohei Otani, which team is the best fit? The NFL have all the questionable, all the quarterbacks, but they've been injured, many of them. 
I'll give you some numbers on the give some numbers on that in a second. But all the quarterback changes reduced your enthusiasm towards the league this year. The Steelers, do you want them included in the playoffs? NFL Week 14, pick any game on the Sunday slate. And also, what, what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we have the introduction of today's pipeline. 10-15, we'll have a hot stove update. The winter meetings are over. Uh, Shohei Otani, at least as of seconds ago, I don't think is uh, signed anywhere or agreed to or there's a report. Hopefully that will uh, remain uh, murky. Let's put it that way. My biggest fear is that he signs in the next 15 minutes and Bob Nightingale has to actually work for USA Today and not join us in the uh, 10-15 segment today. 10-30 interactive action at 602-260-1060 and also the local roundup including a brief Suns and Kings preview for tonight. Final segment of the Sports Zone will be the National Roundup, including rip from the headlines and from the wire. And uh, almost for sure we'll have a little bit from the sun, uh, the Thursday night football game from Thursday night. Good idea. Thursday night football. We'll talk about it on a Friday. Then after the Sports Zone from 11 to 1 o'clock, it's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. That will include the Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. On the pipeline, we go right now. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is who, who wins on Sunday in Dallas? Cowboys or Eagles, and Kayla has the early returns. Uh, Eagles leading the way here at 63% of the vote. Cowboys trailing at 37%. Hmm, I'm predicting a change in this before the end of the uh, three hours of local programming here. Uh, the 10-2 and two Eagles now up to three-and-a-half-point underdogs against the 9-3 and three Cowboys in the rematch of the 28-23 Philadelphia home field win back on November the 5th. That was clearly... Without a doubt, one of the best NFL games of the season thus far. Might have been the best game, considering the opponents and the quality of play, etc. Today's Twitter poll question, which team is the best fit for Shohei Otani, Dodgers, Giants, or Jays? And Kayla, what do we have here? Uh, We have the Blue Jays at 65.5% of the vote. Then we have the Dodgers at 23.6%. And the Giants trailing things at 10.9% of the vote. This is over on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. Those are the three teams seemingly most discussed in uh, recent days, hours, minutes uh, regarding Mr. Otani. And uh, one, or at least one report out there today that they, he's expected uh, to make a decision or they're going to make some kind of an announcement about his future today. Meanwhile, spanning the globe, the 2023 NFL season has been derailed by quarterback injuries really injuries in general, but especially the quarterbacks. Heading into this week, there have been 52 different starting quarterbacks, and the Steelers last night became the 15th team this year. 15, there's only 32 teams, folks. The 15th team this year to use multiple starting quarterbacks. Okay, so question is, have the current starting quarterback changes, or the constant quarterback changes, I should say, has that reduced your enthusiasm of watching the NFL this season? 
Meanwhile, speaking of backup quarterbacks, Bailey Zappi uh, was good for the first half, which was enough in the difference in the Patriots' 21-18 victory last night against the Steelers. Questions about the Steelers. Do you want to see the Steelers in the playoffs? Meanwhile, NFL Week 14 has several intriguing matchups in addition to the Cowboys-Eagles game. Other matchups include Bills at Chiefs, Seahawks at 49ers, Rams at Ravens, and Jags at Browns. Predict any game on this week's NFL schedule. Also, in addition to these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? That's the pipeline for today. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. All right, coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by a uh, hot stove baseball discussion with Bob Nightingale from USA Today. We'll obviously start with uh, the Shohei Otani uh, situation, is the way I'll phrase this, at least right now. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, to be phone call time. General discussion, if you want to jump aboard, 602-260-1060. Also, uh, we'll have some local roundup. That'll include... Uh, what I'm guessing will be a brief Suns and Kings preview for tonight in downtown Phoenix. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD 2 100.7. Wall-to-wall NFL coverage and the biggest stories coming to you from 3 to 5 p.m. The Rich Eisen Show here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Your home to Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. The MLB winter meetings in Nashville were mostly quiet. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joining the Sports Zone by Bob Nightingale of USA Today. Bob, always good to have you. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, the winter meetings, a little slow in activity. How much of that was just the uh, Otani uh, situation and uh, that could maybe slow things down for every other team no matter what? Yeah, it was you know slower than usual. I don't. I really don't think Otani had anything to do with. It. I mean, you only have a few teams involved with him. It didn't stop you know twenty five teams for doing something. Uh, yeah, I mean, thank goodness for the you know Yankees made two of the three tra- big trades. Uh, of course, you know Atlanta gets Kelmeck from Seattle. Um, so you know we had some activity, but that, you know, I mean, when, when Otani signs, it's not like there's you no know, of activity. The only thing that changes yeah. is teams like a uh, you know Dodgers in uh, in Toronto really. Okay, so what's the latest with the Otani sweepstakes, so to speak? Well, I still think we're days away from hearing. Uh, you know, I was told last week, and it would be at least a week. Uh, it's not happening today. Uh, it'll be, you know, I would, I would think 
sometime early next week. Any ideas of uh, who uh, is there there's like a, a favorite for this in your mind? Or, you know, how would you handicap the Otani sweepstakes? I still think the Dodgers are the favorite. I really do. I know, uh, you know, people are jumping on Toronto and, you know, Toronto wants to do everything that they, they can to sell tickets. They just put $300 million into that, uh, into that stadium. Uh, so they need to sell those prime seats. Uh, I, I can't see him going to San Francisco. I think San Francisco's got a chance to offer more than anybody. They may need him more than anybody else, too, to sell tickets themselves. But, uh, you know, they can't get sluggers to come there, you know, whether it was a, a Harper, a Judge, or Stanton. So I don't, I don't see, you know, Otani wants to hit home runs. I don't see him suddenly, change, you know, wanting to do that in San Francisco. So I'll still stick with the, uh, I'll still stick with the Dodgers for now. I remember you first mentioned that to us on this show, like literally 12 months ago at the winter meetings last year. So uh, that was, uh, it, it, you know, so we'll, I'm, you're sticking to your gun. So that's a good thing. Uh, the Blue Jays. Yeah, well, you know, if you're, thing too is like, oh, I was going to say, Bob, another thing too is, you know, I mean, here's Joe Kelly on vacation. The Dodgers called him a couple of days ago and asked him, will you change uniform numbers for Otani? He said, yes. <laughs> it's like, okay, now why are the Dodgers doing that? You know, if they really don't you know, think they're going to sign the guy, or, or if they, you know, very very optimistic, so uh, you don't ask a player to change a number before something's done. So, yeah, yeah, to me, that's another sign. Yeah, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. I can't think of a number 17 currently playing, at least a star player currently playing. So, uh, so there's that. Okay, if you're the Blue Jays, what is your pitch to Otani and Team Otani, or however this is working? Well, just a new, you know, uh, beautiful city. I mean, I love Toronto. It might be the nicest city in North America. Uh, you know, everybody stays close to the ballpark. You know, they they you know leave you alone. Uh, but, a, you know, they can see what they want. It's a rough place to play. I and mean, the, the fans expect a lot. And you talk to people that's, you know, hey, Philadelphia's the toughest, Boston's second, Toronto may be the, the third toughest. So, but, you know, guys love playing there. You have the international player flavor. And, you know, now you've got a third country going going crazy for you too so uh yeah they're probably sell, you know they can beautiful new complex in dunning uh florida so you know i just think all that but i just think the international flavor and you know guys will tell you when you know we're in toronto it's, it's a beautiful place you know the giants you mentioned them you know other than the right field you know you know the poor you know, it's not, you know the, the long distance to right field let me call it that other than that, you know, you know, just hitting home runs in that ballpark if you're a hitter, why have they fallen short in these free agents, do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, that's the big thing. And uh, I think now, you know, you look, you look at the uh, – you look at what's happening in San Francisco. I mean, it's only the uh, – they drew the seventh, only uh, seventh, ranked 17th in attendance this year. Uh, they had the lowest mm-hmm. crowd uh, at tennis in the history of that new ballpark. And uh, there's scouts that don't want to even go there anymore. Uh, you know, they, they're just not comfortable walking to the ballpark. So, you know, a lot of stuff has happened in that city since the pandemic, mm. which is, you know, that, that's, you know, troubled players, troubled scouts, and troubles uh, tourists. Okay, so once Otani signs, is Yamamoto, if I hope I'm correct, I'm correctly pronouncing his name, uh, does, uh, his, is he coming, his coming over for Japan, is that kind of like the next pitching domino here? Yeah, no, I think he affects that market much more than uh, Otani, just because he's such a great pitcher. Uh, it's not like everybody's on him. 
I can't see him signing anywhere but New York or LA. I mean, I think I think it's young. Does he want to go to the uh, you know Yankees, or does he take, want to take the more money for the Mets? Uh, you know the Dodgers still in play. This guy loves the spotlight. He want he's big into fashion designs, everything else. So I, I think the uh, I still think the Yankees. I think he would take less money from the Mets to play for the Yankees, but we'll see. It's like you and I, right? In the fashion design. So there you go. Same boat. <laughs> exactly. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Right. Okay. Bob Nightingale of USA Today curling the sports zone. Okay. The Diamondbacks. Uh, you know they signed Suarez last week. They got Rodriguez this week. Uh, what do you think of those deals? And are, are the Diamondbacks, uh, you know, because of the no regional television deal, are they limited moving forward? Well, I don't think they go crazy going forward. But hey, you know, when you go to the World Series, you're going to sell a lot more season tickets than you had. So season ticket sales should be robust there. Uh, you know, people want to play for a winner. Hey, that's a whole lot better team than it was, you know, that went to a World Series. You know, and, and uh, but, you know, that team won 84 games, so, so they should be better. And, uh, you know, Suarez, a lot, you know, a ton of strikeouts, but a, uh, a lot of power. You know, great guy, too. Uh, I thought the Rodriguez uh, contract was great. You know, I think $20 million a year, very fair for them. Uh, Mike Kazin was with him in Boston. Uh, so was Lavello. So, you know, they know this guy. I thought it was a, a great sign. The interesting thing will be, remember now, he rejected a trade uh, to the Dodgers at the trade deadline. Right. And uh, yep. you know, sent everybody, uh, you know, run for the hills. And the Dodgers are so upset. Detroit was upset. So it would be very interesting when the Diamondbacks play the Dodgers and he pitches one of those games uh, for the next four he, years. That would be, uh, yeah, be a nice scene. I'm thinking we might be centering in on that and mention that occasionally, no <laughs> yeah, doubt. Yeah, just like just once or twice. Go to Dodger Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real, no kidding. That'll be a, you know, that the booze were just shifted away from a uh, Altuve and Bregman to to Rodriguez at that point. All right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Next up here, well, I have one other question about Suarez. Can he still play third base? Yeah, he can. No, he can. He's fine. Okay. Uh, you know, he's okay. got some flaws, but I, you know, I thought you know the trade was a steal. And they, uh, yeah, yeah, and like you said, really good guy in the clubhouse. Eleven uh, yeah. Seattle, eleven mm-hmm. in Cincinnati. Yeah, he'll fit right in. Okay, so next uh, on the pitching front here, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery. Uh, you know, any ideas where those guys might end up going? I mean, Montgomery proved, you know, he can, you know, pitch in the uh, AL East, uh, you know, tough guy. He'll be uh, next. I think once Yamamoto uh, goes down, then it's going to help the Snell, Snell market and the uh, Montgomery market. Uh, I mean, Snell's a better pitcher, but, you know, he's only playing two small markets. There's questions whether he could pitch in a, uh, you know, a tough place back East. I mean, Philadelphia did not think he could, so they weren't even in on him. Uh, well, you know, almost on uh, – but I think you know, Snell would be perfect maybe in a place like a uh, you know Atlanta or some, or or San Francisco. I think uh, San Francisco would be a a great launching spot for him. Uh, Montgomery, I'm not sure. I thought he's going back to Texas. Now there's questions about he may be asking for too much money for their taste. Uh, they got TV contract problems too, so he's going to have a nice market for him. But maybe uh, you know if the Yankees don't get Yamamoto, I can certainly see the Yankees bringing him back. I could see him in. Uh, Boston or, or Toronto too. Yeah, along those lines, you know, Lucas Giolito you know, has gotten interest from several teams. Boston, I've certainly uh, seen mentioned uh, with him. 
what's a possible destination for him? And you know, he had late season struggles after you know he got traded to, to you know, in the uh, you know last season, and then you know, went to the Guardians, and he he wasn't very good after the trade deadline last year. Is that does that alter his market some, or does that matter? No, no, that definitely matters. Yeah, he was not that good. I mean, he won a, uh, a big, big extension about a year ago, and just kind of floundered after that. Uh, you know, he did not. He hasn't. It's really you know well in two years, so I think it'll be a, sm- a small market for him. So, Corbin, oh, gotta, uh, hey Bob, I got to run. Can I run? Okay, no problem. That's Bob Nightingale okay. from USC. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, here's uh, Bob's good. Bob's got to take care of some business there, and uh, I don't think it's a so Otani thing, but I think it's uh, something else going on there. So that's okay. I was going to ask him. Let me. I'll just answer my, some of my own questions, or basically, uh, kind of uh, you know, fill out a segment here a little bit. Uh, Corbin Burns, we expect him to be traded at some point here very soon. He's a free agent after next season. And it sure seems like, and I think we've learned this in the last couple of trade deadlines in August, in recent uh, last couple of years at least, that if you you are, you get more in return, if you're a team with an existing a player that you have under contract for another year, you get more in return if you trade him now than you do at the trade deadline. And I don't think that's been a constant over the years, but it sure seems like it's been that case for the last couple of years. So Corbin Burns. The Brewers obviously are tearing things down, and they're not going to re-sign him to a long-term contract extension. They're, they've centered on a couple of younger players that they've given money to, but I would expect Burns to be traded here at some point. Yeah, flipping to the offense, obviously the Yankees made a big splash, and more more than a big splash, uh, they got like their own you know, Atlantic Ocean going there now uh, with the Juan Soto uh, trade earlier this week. Uh, Brian Cashman still has plenty more to do, and I'm guessing that's going to be pitching, whether it be Yamamoto or somebody, uh, one of the names that we just mentioned specifically. They've got to do something there. Uh, Also, as far as Cody Bellinger, uh, there seems to be, you know, the Giants might be in play for him, but, you know, does he want to hit? He's a left-handed hitter. you got to, you know, kill the ball to get it into the – into have a splash home run in San Francisco. There haven't been that many of those from left-handed hitters there ever. So did he go there? Does he go back to Chicago? The Yankees are out of the question now. That's good for the Cubs because that's definitely one less suitor because the Yankees obviously have added outfielders in the last few days. Uh, A couple of other pitchers out there. Uh, As far as relievers, Josh Hader. Uh, a lot of talk about him earlier in the week, maybe going to Baltimore, but Baltimore and uh, Craig Kimbrell agreed on a deal yesterday. In uh, fact, they signed it, and uh, he even had a press conference with the Orioles media yesterday. So that's done. So I'm not real sure where Hater goes now. Uh, so that's another big, uh, you know, big name out there for sure, and the the best closer. The Angels are uh, they d- declared this week publicly. Uh, Perry Manassian, their general manager, or whatever his official title is, he's the head honcho, you know, personnel guy. That's what I'm going to call him. Uh, my apologies. Uh, you, know, I should, you know, I don't know his exact title. But anyway, he said earlier this week that there 100% will not trade uh, Mike Trout. I actually think this is the latest mistake by the Angels, and they've made you know a decade full of mistakes. We've gone through these for a decade, basically. Uh, and uh, they should at least explore 
what they could get for one Mike Trout. And uh, it doesn't seem likely at all or even a, a remote possibility that Otani is coming back to the Angels. So why would you keep Trout? Um, if you, certainly there's a market for him. I'm not sure how much of a market there is for him, uh, quite frankly, because he's had so many injuries. He's only made it through one season with, uh, I think it's like 126 or so games. Only went through uh, longer than that in one season since like 2019. Meanwhile, the Mariners, uh, they're the team I just have no idea what's going on. They have cleared a lot of payroll in the last you know, few months here. Uh, including the Suarez trade to the Diamondbacks. Uh, I assume they're going to reinvest it in player personnel and you know, player payroll. Uh, so what do they do? They might be, if there's like a uh, you know, sleeper team out there for some of these free agents, I would assume, assume that they're actually one of those sleeper teams. And the Mariners could certainly use an outfielder at this point. You know, they, Hernandez is gone and Kalanick got traded to, Bolt, or to excuse me, Atlanta. So what do they do? So they might be, they're a team that I have not heard specifically mentioned with a lot of free agents, but uh, you know, you got Jerry Depoto, who's Mr. Mr. Trade anyway. Uh, so I would expect the Mariners to do something. All right. Once again, we thank Bob Nightingale for uh, joining us here for a few moments. And I just double-checked my phone like 30 times during the last five seconds here. And I don't see anything new on the uh free agency front from anybody in the last few minutes all right next segment phone call time if you want to jump aboard it is general discussion 602-260-1060 also we'll get to a little local roundup that will include at least a little sons and kings preview for tonight uh, as they are playing in downtown phoenix that game rescheduled or whatever the t- for official phrase is after those two teams were eliminated from the in-season tournament Earlier this week, uh, losing games, and uh, they were done. they're done with the in-season tournament. At least they're they're done. Uh, the Lakers won by like 40 last night, I guess, over the Pelicans. So, and they're playing in the championship game tomorrow night. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Bringing you the latest sports topics weekly right here on KDUS. AM 1060 with me, the Doug Gottlieb Show, 1 to 3 p.m. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. In addition to the little local roundup, it is phone call time. And we got plenty of time and plenty of room if you want to jump aboard right now. If you have any football games that you want to kick around this weekend, the winter meetings or in Major League Baseball, hot stove, etc. cetera. Uh, God forbid some NBA stuff, which uh, you'll be doing most of talking. Uh, as far as an NBA discussion with me at this time of the season, my apologies. But I got uh, football is on my brain. And that's uh, certainly number one on our priority list, at least mine at the moment. So once again, if you want to jump aboard, those are just a few ideas. Uh, Diamondbacks, maybe, and uh, as far as the hot stove goes, maybe that's a topic of discussion, too. 602-260-1060 is the number, and uh, we'll get to you in this segment if you want to jump aboard. All right, quickly, a couple things. Uh, The local roundup, obviously, the Cardinals are off this week, but the Steelers and, uh, and T.J. Watt, who are not happy, uh, in fact, uh, you know, they're, you know, they've talked to the NFL 
and uh, I'll get to the details on this in a moment, but about how often that Watt has been uh, supposedly held without holding calls uh, being enforced this season. In fact, according to ESPN, last Sunday versus the Cardinals, uh, you know, the, the, the Steelers might or might not, depends on who you're listening to. They might have actually sent some video to the league office about the Cardinals holding Watt last week. So we'll see what happens. I didn't see a whole lot of that part, quite frankly. I uh, saw Paris Johnson miss a few blocks against him, but I didn't see any you know, blatant, I don't recall any blatant drag Dragged down the uh, you know T.J. Watt holding calls that weren't weren't enforced in that game, but apparently the Steelers are miffed, and this is a yeah this was actually reported on ESPN yesterday or suggested on ESPN yesterday before last night's game. Also in today's local roundup, the Suns and the Kings eliminated early this week during the uh, the uh, lockout round in the uh, in-season tournament. Play tonight in downtown Phoenix. Uh, the Kings are 11 and eight on the season. They're sixth in the Western Conference. The Suns are 12 and nine, seventh in the West. Uh, the Suns need to play better against good teams, and they need to play better against their Pacific Division counterparts. The Suns are two and three against the division thus far. They're also four and five against teams above 500 this season, whether it be Western Conference, Pacific Division, Eastern Conference, but. Above 500, they're just four and five against those teams so far. Meanwhile, the Kings have been the better shooting team so far. They're shooting 46.4% from the field. Uh, that's uh, 0.6% higher than the Suns, 45.8. Uh, uh, that's uh, I'm a little surprised the Suns actually haven't shot better than that, but that's the case so far this year, at least heading into tonight. The Suns have uh, been better, though, over the last 10 games. Not much of a difference. Suns have won t- seven of the last 10. Uh, during that stretch, they've averaged 117.5 points per game, uh, 42.7 rebounds, 26.4 assists, 7.2 steals. And also, they got 7.4 blocks over those last 10 games. On the average, they've shot 47%, almost 48% from the field. Their opponents uh, have averaged 113.5 points per game. So not only have the Suns won seven of the last ten, they've outscored their opponents by basically four points per game over that stretch. On the other side of this, the Kings, they're six and four in their last ten games. They've averaged 119 points. They get up and down, no doubt about that. If you watched them last year, uh, apparently they're about the same team as far as pace and points per game this year. Um, and they, there's a lot more rebounds in their games because there's a lot more shots in their games. So 43.3 rebounds per game might seem high, but if you consider the excess in uh, field goal attempts, uh, maybe it's not that surprising. Okay, so that's a little bit on the Suns and the Kings for tonight. Uh, the Sun Devils, over the weekend, tomorrow night in fact, look to extend their winning streak to five games. They're 6-2. and two. They play tomorrow night at 8.30 on CBS Sports Network against 6-4, and four, the University of San Diego, the game in San Diego. Uh, the uh, the uh, Pac-12 standings, I'll get to that in just a second, but I want to talk about the U of A quickly first. They're, of course, ranked number one in the human polls uh, heading into this week. As, uh, yeah, they've, got, uh, they've played a tough non-conference schedule so far this year, and they've done a really nice job with that. You know, they, they've obviously undefeated. But uh, they play tomorrow night, or tomorrow afternoon, excuse me. 
against Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin 7-2. Wisconsin, by the way, uh, beat Marquette last Saturday. Marquette blew Texas off the floor uh, last night. It was the shock of Smart battle. You know, Smart used to be at Texas, now at Marquette. So Wisconsin 7-2, a little better than anticipated apparently by most of the so-called experts in college basketball. That's a 1-15 start tomorrow on ESPN. So ASU and the U of A doing quite well in the non-conference. There's been no conference games so far in the, uh, the uh, Pac-12 so far this year. There have been a lot of other conferences that have actually played some conference games, but not the Pac-12 yet. Uh, the U of A 7-0. They're the lone undefeated team in non-conference play thus far. Washington State is 7-1. I briefly looked at their schedule so far. It's not like they've played a brutal schedule. So maybe 7-1 is not that surprising. Colorado, which is expected to be good amongst the teams sitting at 6-2, and two, along with ASU and Utah. 5-2 and two would be Oregon and UCLA. UCLA... Yeah, they finally lost. Uh, you know, they had guys that played there forever, uh, and they lost those guys finally to eligibility. They exhausted their eligibility, and a couple of them moved on to the to the NBA at this point. But UCLA sitting at five and two, uh, Washington at five and three, also USC at five and three, uh, Oregon State's five and three, uh, and then a couple other teams still bringing up the rear. Uh, Stanford sitting at four and four. And uh, California, uh, which has been unfortunately not good for several years now, three and five at this point. I believe Mark Madsen, former Stanford player, is now the coach at California. Uh, so we'll see if California uh, picks it up here a little bit. Uh, you know, they've actually been really they've been good at home and really bad on the road, which is the case for a lot of teams that are in college basketball at this stage of the season. All right, this is going to be a short segment. Uh, much more in the next segments from National Roundup Info. Coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's show with the National Roundup. We'll have a little analysis from the Steelers and Patriots shootout from last night. It was a shootout for the first half. <laughs> they went over the total in the first half. There were actually some 29s out there, apparently, by kickoff last night. Uh, so... Uh, they exceeded that, no problem. And then they played the second half, and only one team scored in the second half. <laughs> You're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. AM 1060 is the home to the Dan Patrick Show, the Doug Gottlieb Show, and Sports Map Radio. Catch all the sports content here on AM 1060. It's time for today's National Roundup. All right, welcome back. Final segment today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD2 100.7. Start the National Roundup with a little latest line action tonight. We talked a little bit about the... uh, Kings and the Suns playing tonight in downtown Phoenix. And uh, the latest line this game, the uh, Suns are actually a home underdog in this game. According to uh, consensus numbers from the state of Nevada, 
as the Kings a one and a half point favorite in this game. Total sitting at uh, consensus, consensus wise, let, let's go with a two thirty six and a half. Uh, also tomorrow is the uh, finale of the uh, NBA in season tournament. That game in Las Vegas at T Mobile Arena. Uh, that game's at six thirty tomorrow night on uh, ABC and also ESPN two. And uh, the teams in the finals be Indiana, the Pacers against the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers undefeated in in-tournament action thus far. The Pacers advanced after they beat the Bucks in the uh, semifinals. The Bucks were undefeated in the uh, in-tournament games until they lost on Thursday night to Indiana. Uh, in the uh, game on Saturday, the Lakers a four-point favorite in this game, total sitting at 241. Um, I didn't watch the game last night, but yeah, I'm sure one thing that played some kind of role is uh, you know, having lived in Las Vegas and been to the Summer League for many years, uh, uh, Las Vegas is a Lakers town. Uh, they carried their, they used to carry their TV games when it was regional television back way back in the NBA days, and they carried them on radio. Uh, I think they still actually have a local radio affiliate in Las Vegas. Uh, so Las Vegas is clearly a Lakers town. And I'm guessing that it actually factors into the point spread here. Some the uh, line opened up with the Lakers a three and a half point favorite, and uh, four is the consensus number. I even see a couple of four and a halves as we speak in the state of Nevada. All right, some other quick things here. Uh, let's go from uh, let's talk about last night from the football scoreboard. The Patriots, of course, win at Pittsburgh. The Patriots got three touchdown passes in the first half from Bailey Zappi before they held on the second half for the 21-18 victory. The Steelers lost for the second time in five days to a team with 10 losses. Before last night's 24 to, uh, before last Sunday's 24-10 loss against the Cardinals, the Steelers had never lost a game to a 10-loss opponent in the 17 seasons that Mike Tomlin has been the head coach. Now it's happened twice in five days. Not a good thing, needless to say. Uh, it's it's really, you know, the, the, the offense is no different, quite frankly. Under Matt, uh, Without Matt Canada there, they fired him. Everybody thought that was the salvation. Well, the, the, the early returns after three games is the Steelers' offense still sucks. In fact, they have a total of four offensive touchdowns in the three games now without Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator. Also, they look disorganized on offense. They aren't, uh, I shouldn't say, I should rephrase that. They are disorganized on offense. We've seen it for two games in a row now and uh, didn't see it so much the first game, which is weird. But clearly that was a problem Sunday against the Cardinals. We talked about this on Monday when we evaluated the Cardinals' victory at Pittsburgh. They've got formation issues. They got guys lining up in incorrect places and running around before the snap count to try to get in the right place. They've called timeouts when the play clock is run down. It seems like the play clock is always running down, and there's several plays that start right when the play clock is you know, right before it expires. It is complete unorganization and complete chaos as far as the actual process of the Steelers' offense now three weeks into the new coordinator situation. So it has not gotten any better, obviously, production-wise. And it just looks like an unorganized mess, quite frankly. On the player conduct front, at least a couple of guys I think you can say are insubordinate or have been. 
primarily their wide receivers. Their two stud wide receivers, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, there's now been problems with each of those guys in the last three games. Uh, so, you know, this Matt Canada, things are going to you know, change and it's everything's great since he left. That has been far from the truth. I'm not saying that he did a good job by any case. Nobody would say that, I don't think. But it has not changed at all and maybe gotten worse, at least in as far as a few things that I mentioned there, without him as the coordinator. For the Patriots, they ended a five-game losing streak. Uh, that was their longest losing streak since 1995. Uh, but winning was not necessarily the greatest thing they could do, certainly if you're looking ahead to the 2024 draft. They're so certainly in the running for a high pick. I think it's going to be pretty close to impossible to be uh, get the number one selection, which uh, the the the, uh, the Panthers are going to lose more. They're, they're going to have the worst record in the league unless something just drastically unexpectedly changes. And, of course, the Panthers don't have their first pick because they traded that to the Bears last offseason. Uh, but I think the Patriots' win was good for the Cardinals. Uh, who were in a race for maybe the second pick. Uh, so that was, you know, Cardinals, I would assume, were pretty happy that the Patriots won that game last night. Also, it was good for me. And I almost never do this as far as uh, my fantasy team, but I'm going to do it today because I felt pretty smart last night, at least for one night. I actually claimed Zeke Elliott off of waivers in my fantasy league this week. And he got me 19 points last night. 68 yards rushing, plus seven catches for 72 yards and a receiving touchdown. So at least for one day in this year in fantasy football, which I've not had many weeks that are days that I've felt very smart, I've pretty I felt smart last night, and I still do today. So hopefully they've you know, they got till Sunday to feel stupid again, which I'm sure will happen. All right, quickly some rip from the headlines and from the wire information here. The Dolphins announced that they have uh, signed Austin Jackson, who's a Valley North Canyon High School product, uh, to a three-year, $36 million contract extension. Uh, unfortunately for the Dolphins, he's one of their few offensive linemen that's healthy right now. They're going to be without at least 40% of the offensive line this upcoming weekend. We'll have more on that in the next couple of hours. College football, Michigan, reportedly finalizing a massive contract extension that could exceed for more, uh, more than $11 million per year than, uh, to, for Jim Harbaugh, obviously, uh, trying to prevent him from leaving uh, one of the, uh, for one of the many likely NFL head coaching openings this winter. In fact, Schefter, Adam Schefter of ESPN reported earlier this week there could be as many as 10 head coaching openings in the NFL by the end of the season. Once again, there's only 32 teams. Might be 10 head coaching openings. There's going to be a bunch, no doubt. Meanwhile, another thing that seems unlikely here in this case, but Marvin Harrison Jr. may not enter the NFL draft. Uh, he says he wants to beat Michigan. Many, many Ohio State fans want them to beat Michigan too. Uh, but Harrison said he wants to beat Michigan and win the Big Ten Championship. Uh, and also, there is uh, you know, some people that believe that Ohio State can raise enough money. Uh, they have millions in their NLI you know, pool or whatever, how that works, uh, that they might actually have enough money and be able to raise enough money to keep Harrison. Meanwhile, around Major League Baseball, the Yankees' odds to win the World Series changed. 
as you would expect after the Juan Soto trade. They went from 13 to 1 to win the World Series to 8 to 1. At least, uh, kind of, I just did a really quick, you know, kind of a consensus thing for two or three major casinos. And uh, 13 to 1 to 8 to 1 is kind of the conclusion I came to. Meanwhile, the, uh, the Reds already crowded the infield. They added another infielder. Uh, third baseman, Jamer Candelaria, signed a three-year contract. He's a very good defensive player. He's exactly what they need. He's need somebody with professional experience and knows how to play the game, which the Reds did not know how to play the game last year, and that's been going on for you know, several years since David Bell has been the manager, in my opinion. Uh, but I can't imagine that the Reds are going to go to spring training with all these infielders there's going to be at least one trade. Jonathan India seems to be the guy that's most likely to be dealt. From the NBA, the Bulls are reluctant to include Alex Caruso in a trade package along with Zach Levine. They want to trade Zach Levine. And in college basketball, Bronny James expected to make his college debut for USC on Sunday against Long Beach State. Uh, to be uh, quite a return to the court for him. Remember, he had the cardiac arrest and had surgery in just last July, uh, but it looks like Sunday is the target date for Bronny James to make his USC debut. All right, that's it for the Sports Zone for today. A lot of me in this hour. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. There'll be a lot of Kayla and some me in the next two hours during the Extra Point, our weekly NFL prop bet segment with Brian Blewis, and, of course, the Friday spread so stay tuned for that. You're listening to the Sports Zone. This has been the Sports Zone, actually, technically, because I'm almost done with this uh, hour with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.